Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show, remember you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. only on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're back to the episode where I interview American rock legend Elvis Presley and infamous 20th century serial killer John Wayne Gacy. It was a fascinating talk, and there's a little bonus at the uh, end of the episode today, so keep listening for that. Uh, But before we get into it, just a couple of announcements. We're going to be doing a live Famous Dead People on Monday, May 7th at 8 p.m. at the Crane Theater. we got the cast coming soon. It's going to be real fun, a lot of fun surprises, so go check that out. Uh, Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you have any questions or you want to have your favorite dead person on the show. Go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. See my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Go to JarrettBarrenstein.com for all the latest info on uh, show dates and upcoming projects. And, uh, yeah, just come see the live episode. It's going to be really fun. That, again, is Monday, May 7th at 8 p.m. at the Crane Theater. And also, you know, listen to the very end because it's going to be a special little thing. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy John Wayne Gacy and Elvis Presley only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century singer and actor, one of the most famous people to have ever lived, Elvis Presley. Thank you very much, Jared. And notorious American serial killer, John Wayne Gacy. Happy to be here, Jared. Mr. Gacy, Mr. Presley, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's uh, an honor. Of it's, course. A, it's an absolute honor to be on your podcast. Um, you know, so uh, I'd like to start off with you, Mr. Gacy, if I might. Um, Shoot, and before, buckaroo. Before we get started, I feel like I should say that, like, having you on the program is in no way an endorsement or support of your behavior as a serial killer and a, a serial rapist. I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, to 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 the listening audience out there in general, um, but I do want to ask you about. But weigh in, Jared. What do you think? Weigh in. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> seem, you seem to be good at casting judgment on me. What's up? No, I'm, I'm a good Christian man. Are you a good take. Christian man? Uh, I, hey, I oh, I go yeah. to church every Sunday. Now, see, I, I would subs- I would subscribe to the belief, the faith that you're not a good Christian just by going, oh, yeah. just by getting your uh, communion wafers, just by going every Sunday. That you need to do things like. Not murder people, not rape people, not torture people, that sort of thing. I just happen to be a Christian that knows how to have a good time. All right, that's what you want to call it, John Wayne Gacy. That's fine with me. But here's, sorry, so let's go, let's okay. talk a little bit about your life, a little bit about your modus operandi. You were known as the killer clown. Oh, no. Uh, because in addition to being Pogo. a serial killer. Pogo. I like that. Uh, Pogo and Patches, I believe. You also were a, a Patches the Clown. Oh, yeah. Pogo um, and Patches. Sometimes I'd, t- sometimes I'd go to my basement and have them talk to each other you in would. different voices. Interesting. Yeah. What, were some, what were some of the conversations that you and Pogo would have? I'd be like, I'd be like oh, Pogo, John's such a sissy boy, isn't he? And Pogo would say, you British, you British, Patches, you're your good boy, ain't you? Oh, wow. And so that, while sounds, you... a, that sounds a lot like my agent, Jared. Well, which one? That's uh, right, my, my, it... my agent over at RCA Records. 
Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the Colonel? Because I know that uh, huh? you were managed that? by that? you were managed by a gentleman named the Colonel. That's right. I was managed by the Colonel. He now sells car insurance mm. nowadays. Oh yeah, no, uh, he changed his name to the General. To the, well, he got promoted. He got promoted to the General. <laughs> now he sells auto insurance. But back in the day, mm-hmm. he he managed me and all my recordings. He got, he made sure all my albums got out on time. Gotcha. And so he, and he sounded the way that these conversations between uh-huh. uh, Mr. Gacy and uh, and his clown characters would sound. Uh-huh. Derek, can I inter- Interrupt you for a second of to course. show you a magic trick. Look, I want to oh, show you a magic wait, trick, Mr. Mr. Gacy. I you're gonna want to see this trick. I've re- <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna really you're gonna see. <laughs> you're Elvis gonna see this. Elvis does. This is a great. This is a great trick. You show me a couple of tricks here in the lobby here <laughs> in Radio trick. Free Brooklyn. Oh, Elvis. Here. Oh, Elvis. when me and John Wayne Gacy walked into Radio Free Brooklyn, Elvis, you, you showed me a couple of card tricks. You have to be extremely <laughs> careful with John Wayne Gacy because he has. Now let me tell you, Jared. But he has tricks, tricks, Elvis, oh, that yeah. are not tricks at all. They are just. Ways to murder you. Okay, well, the things he showed me in the lobby <laughs> were some of the greatest magic tricks I've ever seen in my life. Would you describe? And I've seen the best. I've seen, and what? I've seen Houdini. I've seen David Copperfield. And, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know I don't show many tricks in lobbies. Mm-hmm. I usually save them for basements. That's mm-hmm. absolutely right, Jared. That's right. So, okay, let's go back to uh, to your life, Mr. Casey. Uh, you're called the killer clown because in addition to being a serial killer, you would on occasion dress up like a clown. Yeah, I would. I, I was tremendous on. at doing lots of great stuff for kids. Oh. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> Nobody talks about how I would go to children's hospitals and perform as Pogo for kids with cancer. Nobody talks about that. That's what I call fake news. But here's my here's my question to you, Mr. Gacy, is so they called you the killer clown, uh-huh. but, but your clowning activities and your murdering activities weren't connected like you weren't you weren't using the clown to get new victims. You weren't dressing as the clown to do your murders unless unless we don't have the record right on that. No, no, you know? you're, that's absolutely right. I would never use <laughs> my clowning skills to lure my victims. I because you know why? Because I don't shit where I eat. <laughs> That's that important, Jared. That wasn't your job, though, Mr. Gacy. Hey, my job was showing. My job was taking big sacks of big sacks <laughs> like me out for whining and dining, showing my money around. Because you know, I managed three KFCs in the Des Plaines area of that, Illinois. No, that's a good restaurant, Jared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever been to that restaurant? Great. Oh. It- yeah, have you, you ever been, Jared? You gotta get the bucket of chicken. Jared. Um, you, ever got, you ever got in there and get the bucket of chicken? I have. You ever, had you ever that. get in there and get that bucket of no, chicken? No, I have Jared? had that. It's really great. You gotta get in there. You gotta get the bucket of chicken. You gotta get the mashed potatoes and the gravy, Jared. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And wash like it down. To... You gotta wash it down with the Mountain Dew Code Red when you get in there, Jared. What do you think about that? I th- no, I think it's, it sounds really delicious. Oh, yeah. Can oh, I ask yeah. you about Mr. Gacy? The way that you applied your clown makeup, it was particularly sinister. Like it had, it had pointed. I, I read in your Wikipedia that some professional clowns. They look at your makeup and they go, well, no, no clown would actually have makeup like that because oh, yeah. the smile is very pointed and there's a lot of angles and that tends to scare children. They do the rounded features. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let w- me sh- was this intentional on your part? Let me tell you about scaring children, okay? Because <laughs> you know what kids these days don't have enough in their life is fear. Fear of the fact that anything can happen. I oh. would argue against that. I think that I think children are very well informed that these are very scary times that we live in these days. Really? I yeah. haven't, I've never seen one kid impress me with a card trick. Okay, and that's the scariest thing to you? No, 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 that's that's a, sh- that's a sign of intelligence. That shows me that that's a, if a kid tricks me with a card trick, that kid knows something. John Wayne Gacy weeps for the new generation. Let's move over to Elvis mm-hmm. for just a moment. So, oh, yeah, what's up, Jared? Yeah. Uh, before we get to your biography, which okay, yeah. is is fascinating, by the way. You thank you so incre- much. Thank you so much, Jared, for saying <laughs> that to me because I worked a lot on it. So you are one of those people who uh-huh. everybody has a conspiracy about their death. People uh-huh, have been yeah. claiming... Uh-huh. That, oh, yeah. you, that you didn't really die at 42. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. people, people claim that they see you in different locations. Uh-huh, you know? that's right. 
and so would you settle for us once and for all how and when you passed away? Uh-huh, sure, yeah. Uh, can you tell us if any of the conspiracy theories are true? Oh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, well, I was teaching a dojo class. I'm my dojo at Graceland. Have you ever been to, ever, ever been to my house, Jared? I have not you, been to Graceland. You've never been to my house I, one time. I hear, been to the house? I hear it's incredible, but and I have gotta not come been to the house, no. Jared. You absolutely got to come to the house. I took us. my daughters there once. <laughs> well, thank you very much, John Wayne Gacy. It was great. We had <laughs> a nice time. Thank you very much. We I went hope to you the had cracker, a good time. We went to the Cracker Barrel in Nashville <laughs> now, that's a good. Now, that's a good restaurant, John Wayne Gacy, because you got to go down to the Cracker Barrel and you got to get the chicken fried steak. You ever have the chicken fried steak, Jared? Oh, yeah. You ever get that? You had to go down there, you got to sit down, you go, hey, let me get that chicken fried steak and let me get the mashed potatoes potatoes and gravy and let me wash it down with a beautiful mountain dew code red you ever go you, you, you ever do that jerry I, I can't believe how much you love mountain dew code red i love mountain dew code red I, sometimes I, sometimes me and sometimes me when i'm on the plane and it's me and my managers and my beautiful women that i come on i go hey uh, sometimes i go in the, the, the refrigerator of my plane and i go hey where's the code red and i send somebody out if we're on the land or if we're in the air mm-hmm. i make sure to send somebody out to get me some code if red you're in Jared. the air sometimes if you will send people red, out that's right sometimes to get code red you gotta pack the parachutes Jared, <laughs> and you gotta make sure the parachutes are stacked because if you don't have the code red in the fridge then that means that somebody's got to get out there. And sometimes it's my manager. Sometimes it's my beautiful wife. Sometimes it's my kids. All right. So, so Mr. Presley, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. you were saying you were at your dojo, which is in I was at my mansion, dojo at Graceland. Yeah. And I was teaching some red belts how to do a front snap kick. <laughs> and I was teaching them the correct Okinawan way. Okay. To make sure to do a crescent kick, a crescent front kick with your leg. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I said, hey, hold on a second. Hold on, everybody here. Everybody bow to your master. And everybody bowed, and I go, okay. Elvis needs to, uh, uh, he needs to lose about fifty pounds. So everybody, practice your front snap kick, and I'll be right back. So I, uh, so I go to the bathroom of my dojo, <laughs> all right, and I make sure to get on the bathroom of my dojo. And back then, I did a lot, of, and I was doing a lot of drugs, all right. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of cocaine. I was doing a lot of heroin. I was doing a lot of crystal. <laughs> and I keep a little mini fridge next to my toilet at my dojo, and inside of that fridge. You know I've got the best cocaine you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. The best cocaine you've ever seen in the South. South of Mesa Dixon line. You ever do cocaine, Jared? Uh, I did. Uh, no. No, I did, never yeah. did cocaine. Well, that, well, that yeah, was, I well, cocaine. That, well, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I hate to call you out on a lie, but you did say yes right up top. <laughs> you did say yes right there. You did say yes. I've never done cocaine. So as two cocaine never... users, you can you can, you can, you're, sympa- you're you can in, sympathize. Yeah, we can sympathize. You're in, safe, you're in a safe space. <laughs> We're all friends Don't here. worry about it. Jared, you can tell Elvis, us anything. Jared Elvis and John Wayne Casey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no three, safer room in America. Three yeah, yeah. in a pot. Three I've seen lots pot. of young men do cocaine. I'm I have sure. A, I have a safe place to do it. I'm sure three you people, have. Three people that do cocaine and think the same way. <laughs> Jared, John Wayne Casey, and Elvis Presley. So baby. you were saying, <laughs> you're in the middle of practice. You so got, I'm in the middle of my dojo. Weight. You go to the bathroom. You take out some cocaine take from, out your, some cocaine from your fridge. And here I am dropping 30, 40 pounds in my golden toilet mm-hmm. in the bathroom of my dojo. And I go, okay, well, fantastic. Maybe before I go out there, maybe I'll do a couple more lines for for old Elvis, huh? I think I've earned it. You know, I've uh, I've I've played <laughs> concerts in every goddamn state in this town, mm-hmm. in this goddamn city, and I, and you know, I, I always book it out, and I always give the people what they want. So how about it's time for Elvis to get what he wants? So I made sure to do about sixteen lines of cocaine while I was, uh, while I was on cocaine. the toilet. That's right. That's absolutely right. While you were on the toilet. That's right, and it, and it, and it helps the karate. You know, because you, <laughs> when you go in there as a sensei master. You cannot have any doubt, all right? You must go in there, and you must know how to do the kicks, and you must know how to do the Hochi Nawan, 
All right. So, now, Mr. Presley, if I could interrupt you just for a moment. Okay, yeah, go so ahead. So you're saying you're doing these lines while you were on the toilet. That's absolutely right. Did you have some sort of mechanism set up where you could do lines while you were on the toilet? Like, is this something that's happened before where mm-hmm, you had yeah, specifically right. set up like a special mirror on a on an arm that you could maneuver over uh-huh. to the bathroom while so you, so you uh-huh. could do cocaine while you're going to the bathroom? Uh huh. Well, what I do is I get on the I get on the thing and I and I pull down my gi, which is a karate <laughs> uniform, and I pull down my gi and mm-hmm. I go and I go, hey. Uh, manager, agent, because there's usually one hanging out near near me in the bathroom. You, you usually what, there. I usually have a manager or an agent about ten feet away from me at all times mm. to give me deals and to tell me what the what the, what's going on <laughs> in the entertainment business that I need to get that I need to get ahead of. So I go, manager, agent. I never I, le- I never learn their names, and one of them comes in, and you know he's got a beautiful mirror of cocaine, and we're talking a big long mirror. Mm-hmm. You ever see a mirror, Jared? Huh? I have seen a mirror. You have seen a mirror. Oh, All right. so, you've done, so you've done cocaine and you have seen a mirror. No, okay. You, you ever see a funhouse mirror, Jared? That's absolutely right. You ever see so a funhouse mirror? Jesus, this is so, so he comes over. I go, manager, you better give me that. You better give me that mirror right now. <laughs> and he holds it right in front of my face, and I do all 16 lines or how many ever I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done, I say, you get out of here. Nobody, <laughs> you, you get out of here. You don't tell anybody about, about, about today. You don't tell anybody that Elvis did this with you. All right. And then, so after I do a, about this. 16 lines, you know, um, and I drop about 60 pounds into the, into the toilet. All right. All I remember um, from that moment was my manager um, going, oh, Elvis, are you okay? And of course, you know, I'm swatting him away. I, swat, I try to punch him in the throat as best I can because I'm sensing danger now, right? So I'm doing spear fists right into his esophagus, right? Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. falls on the ground. And then, <laughs> and then I pass out. And uh, and that's all. And that's all I remember, Jared. Oh wow! Yeah. So you so so you're saying the story of your death is largely true. Uh-huh. What we What's know that? about no, it. No. What are they saying? They say that you died on the toilet. Okay. Um, they okay. say that there were possibly drugs involved in your death. There's a little bit of conjecture uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but you're saying that part of the reason why you had cardiac arrest is because uh-huh. you were uh, as you were doing cocaine, as you're going to the bathroom, you you karate chopped. Uh-huh. Uh, one of your managers or agents in the throat, mm. they went down, and then that exertion, that physical exertion, is what caused you. Absolutely to have your not, Jared. Absolutely not. <laughs> you miss you, you. You twisted around my words, Jared. Once okay. again. Once again. What I think it was, I think it was a blow dart from a ninja. Oh, okay? I see. And my manager has been uh, paid for by the Cobra Kai, and they came in. <laughs> the Cobra Kai. The, the Cobra Kai has been looking for me for years, Jared. The, okay. Are you familiar with the Cobra Kai? Those are the evil. They're the, they're the number one deadliest ninja force in the planet. I yeah. don't know. If the Cobra maybe Kai. maybe the universe. <laughs> Nothing gets me more excited than a bunch of blonde boys that can punch and kick. We That's should, absolutely right. We should move over back over to uh, John Wayne Casey for a moment. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, all right, great. So uh, as is so often the case with uh, uh, people who are abusers and, and murderers, uh, you had a difficult relationship with your father. Um, he uh-huh. would, according to the Wikipedia, uh, compare you unfavorably to your sisters. You had an older sister and a younger sister. Um, yeah, and they didn't know... My sisters were fucking cool. Your sisters they were, were cool. great. They were awesome. He, com- he kept comparing, why are, you, why are you like your sisters? I'm like, because they're fucking awesome, old oh, man. So he would say that you're like your sisters, yeah. and you were saying that's not a big deal because yeah. they're great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who cares? 
But my dad was a fucking loser. How many boys did he bury under his house? Zero. Is that really mm. your metric? That's a bad number. Is that really Zero is a bad number. Mark my words. Jared, how old are you? 15? Um, 17? No, no. No? No, I am way out of your age range. Nah, that's, you don't look at, that's not possible. Jared, that's I'm looking at you right now. You don't look a day over 14. <laughs> I look at you right now, Jared. You look exactly. I've seen a lot of 14-year-old now, boys. Elvis, Elvis, uh, that is that would normally be a very kind thing to say, but in this, under the circumstances, I'd really appreciate it if we kind of like leaned on the upper register of how old I look. Like, wouldn't you say I look more like I'm in my late 30s, I've mid seen, to late 30s? I've seen about a dozen 14-year-old boys in my life, <laughs> all right? And you look you like you are among them, all right? Mm. Maybe even a shade younger. I'm surprised you've only seen that many because I know that that was... Shade younger. Your, your audience was young children for a long time. But we're uh, talking boys. Well, we're talking boys, Jerry. <laughs> Yes, of course. We're talking boys. Uh, yeah. if, if you're just joining right. us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests in the studio today are uh, killer clown, serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Hi. And 20th century singer and actor Elvis Presley. Thank you, Jared, for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about um, uh, the, the audience that would typically be at an Elvis Presley show uh, at the beginning of your career, oh, like yeah. lots of high school kids. Oh, yeah. Do you ever think, uh, John Wayne Gacy, like how much easier it would have been for you to gain victims if you had only had the kind of appeal that Elvis had and would, you know, could attract, uh, you know, teenage boys you know, in the, such large oh, yeah. numbers? It's really interesting that you bring that fact <laughs> up, Jarrett, because I would sometimes try to go to concerts to lure young boys into my car. Really? But the kind of kid, you know, I would go to a Jerry and the Pacemakers concert and just try to and just try to roll up to some tweeny boy and say, oh, yeah. hey, you want to get high? And they said no. So those kids are fucking lame. <laughs> so a- I, what, no, no, no. What I, what I like to do is go to the side of the road and get those lost boys. Yes. Those young oh, yeah. kids oh, looking yeah. for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read that this was part of your modus operandi, that you would uh, pick up drifters or uh, boys that were... Um, uh, prostituting themselves, and anytime you know? I tried to put that to show them my music, they'd they'd give me some fucking lip, and then I'd be like, "What? You don't like the Andrews sisters?" <laughs> and I get, I can't, I don't know what to do with these kids. They don't like yeah, any of my music. Who else? Who yeah, else were you a big fan of musically, John Wayne Gacy? It's, I uh, loved Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. I loved okay. Tiptoes Through the Tulips. That is where I'll be. Love that stuff. That's a great tune right there. It's love that that's stuff. a great tune. That's an that. that. inspiration of mine, Jared. I love The Devil in Disguise by Elvis Presley. Oh, that's a great song. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, John Wayne Gacy. That's, good. Mm-hmm. that's just because it's the type, it's the song I like to listen to when I'm whittling on my switchboard. <laughs> Just making a new knife to show the kids that get in my trunk. You wait, so you would you would like show a knife to a kid? What, you say the kids that would get in your trunk? Yeah, I would that, say, hey, look, look <laughs> into my trunk. Guess what? T- there's something lost in there, and I can't I can't feel around and find it because my stubby fingers. I need someone's oh, lithe, yeah. thin, young hands. I have a question for you about the uh, naivete of some of these boys that you had managed to uh, to get back to your place. But before we get to that, oh, yeah. I want to wrap up very quickly. This this. Uh, this question I have about uh, the relationship between you and your dad. He seemed like he really tried to antagonize you. He was always telling you that you weren't good enough. Oh, no. Um, and I know that one time he bought you a car, but he kept on taking it away from you just to enrage you. Yeah. And oh. one time you were so mad that you, when you got the, key, the keys back, you drove to Vegas and lived there for three months when you were 18 years old. Is that right? Yeah, fuck you, dad. <laughs> 
trying to tell me I'm the sissy boy that can't fucking party like a man. And guess what I did? What, what did you do when you were in Vegas? <laughs> I sucked three 18-year-old kids' dicks while I was in Vegas. Oh, my God. And yeah, and Las they fucking Vegas. bought me stuff. <laughs> I had a hotel and lived there for three months, and they would buy me things. Oh, that's I, they took only me to crap stables, showed me around to their dads. <laughs> And then bragged about to their former girlfriends about, look at this fucking cool old guy I'm fucking. Really? Oh, yeah. Las Vegas is a hell of a town, Jared. <laughs> Las Vegas is great. Las Vegas is one of my favorite towns of all time, Jared. This, you ever been, ever been to Las I Vegas? I have been to Vegas. You ever played the craps? Oh, I yeah. love craps. You ever played the blackjack? Daddy likes the dice. What happens in Daddy Vegas? Daddy likes the dice. Yeah. What happens in Vegas? Stays in my fucking floorboards. Oh, Jesus, Casey. Oh, I do, did not get That's Mr. Gacy to you. <laughs> Mr. Gacy, I You gotta apologize. respect the man, Jared. Respect, you I, gotta I, respect I, the man, I could, I could talk to your dad. Let's, uh, not... <laughs> let's move back over to Elvis. And we're gonna, do some, we're gonna do some card tricks after the, after the show. <laughs> yeah. Please, God, no. We're finally gonna do the card Please, tricks. Please, God, no. Um, so, Mr. Presley, so I'd like to yeah, talk you... about some of your early experiences with music. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so you're 10 years old. You were encouraged to enter a singing contest at a state fair. You That's sang right. a song called Old Shep. Old Shep. Oh, is that how is that how the song went? That's my modern version of the song. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so, was much slower back then. Mm, oh, it's yeah. a slower version. That's right, then. a slower, dreamier version, Jared. Okay. So I read that you came in fifth in that singing competition, which uh-huh, I think yeah. is totally understandable like uh-huh. you know, it, was like, a, it was it was complete bullshit jared oh it was a it was a it was a rigged contest it was an absolutely rigged contest mm-hmm. all right it was a rigged contest <laughs> and i told those people there when they handed me the fifth place uh green ribbon mm-hmm. i stood on stage and i took the microphone and i said everybody here is a dumb cuck and I, <laughs> and and as soon as as soon as i get my money right and as soon as i get my women right i'm gonna show everybody here that i'm the best singer on the planet wow i'm gonna i'm gonna be so good I'm going to be so good, people are going to go to my house like it's a church. Wow. People are going to worship me like a god, all right? People are going to show up. People are going to sweat. People are going to leave their husbands for me. Yeah, that's and what I happened. Swore, and I swore revenge on everybody at that state fair on that day. <laughs> when you I were took, 10 years and old. I, and I took that green fifth place uh, fifth place ribbon, and I slowly unbuckled my belt. And I back then, I used to have a big belt, big white belt. Wait, I'm yeah. sorry. So just I want to reiterate, you're 10 years old at this point. I'm 10 years old. 10 years old. And I've, I've got about a 60-pound belt on my pants. <laughs> All right. And that it took me about 20 minutes to get down. And they tried to get me off the stage. And I said, no, 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 wait, you're going to want to see this. You're going to be telling your kids about this later on. And I undid my big 60 pound belt and I pulled down my uh, $200 pants and I took that ribbon and I stuffed it right up my ass. Oh and I my turned around God, and, Elvis. I, and I shoot it out right in front of all the women and children at that at that fair. Because they gave you a fifth because place. Because they gave ribbon. me the fifth place. <laughs> and I was clearly the best. All well, right. I, you know, when I, I sang "Old Ship" in front of in front of everybody at the at the malt shop, I have to ask. because I got beat out. I got beat out by the Whistlers, mm-hmm. who now are dead. All right, and then I got beat out by the Stinky Boys, who were some of the worst singers I've ever heard in my life. They, were, they, they called it, themselves the Stinky Boys. They called themselves the Stinky Boys mm-hmm. with their hit single. Is it my pe- penis then? <laughs> And I didn't get and I didn't get the song then. I don't get I'm the sorry. song now. A group called the the Stinky Boys. That's right, beat you in the competition they beat with me in their the song, contest. Is My Penis Thin? They yeah. said, isn't, isn't my penis isn't thin? Isn't my penis thin? Isn't my penis thin? Gotcha. Isn't my penis thin? You know, I hate to, I, I, I hate to ask, uh-huh, but yeah, uh-huh, yeah. later than when you're in eighth grade, uh-huh, yeah. you get a C in music class. That's absolutely correct. And you had a teacher who said you did not have an aptitude for singing. That's absolutely true. Okay. And now, so I made sure to take the front of that classroom. <laughs> 
and then it wasn't a, it wasn't a time where people gave speeches. They were just kind of laying out tests as they were walking through the aisles of the uh, of gotcha. the desk. This was not the designated speech time that usually happens in eighth grade. Classes. No, it wasn't. No, gotcha. this wasn't the post test speech time <laughs> that normally people get. But they laid the piece of paper down on my desk, Jared, mm. and I took a look at that big C. And I go, and I go, teacher, what the hell is this business up right here? And she goes, well, you know, uh, you're not good at math. And I go, well, well, was, I'm, uh, uh, well, I'm singing, a, right? I'm Wasn't a pretty good singing? Well, if I can finish the story, here. <laughs> and I say, and I say, well, I know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, I'm no mathematician, but, uh, but you got to admit, I'm a good singer. <laughs> and then she rolled her eyes and she goes, well, I don't really think you have a thing, you, you have it for singing either. And so what I did is I punched her in the solar plexus. Jared. Oh my okay. god! And I got up at the front of the class and I said, listen, and I said, listen, everybody. You're going to remember this for the rest of your goddamn lives. <laughs> and so what I did right then is I pulled down my $3,000 pants because I had, I had just signed a record contract by then. Already? That's You're in right. eighth grade? You already had a record contract. And I contract. spread upon my butt cheeks and out oh and I God. shit out that green ribbon that they gave me <laughs> Wait. At, that, at that faithful talent show contest. How did the green ribbon get back inside you? I I've you been had... saving it, Jared, for the perfect moment. <laughs> Everybody think I shit it out at the, at the talent show, mm -hmm. but I did not. I kept it in there. For oh, weeks wow. and weeks and weeks. That's absolutely right, Jared. That's incredible. Because you got to let people know who you are, all right? And you got to tell people, you got to send a message. You ever, you ever sent a message, Jared? Oh, yeah, definitely sent a message. Absolutely. You send messages to people. Not like, like, not like that, though. You I feel like I was... you, you send Facebook messages. Yes, I do send Facebook messages. But you don't send declarative messages. Declarative messages? Like... Declar to a room full of people. Well, I, I, I sometimes perform stand-up, you know, I'm a, I'm a comedian, and uh, I perform in front of people. How know? many times have you threatened a room of people? Never. I don't You've think never threatened ever, a room of people. I John Wayne Casey, how many, how many times have you threatened a room full of people? Oh, God. I've threatened rooms <laughs> filled of people multiple times. That this, is, that this is my type of guy. I understand. And it feels good. And it feels good. Uh, well, let me, uh, let's go back to John Wayne Gacy for just a moment. That is an uh, incredible story, uh, Mr. Presley. Of, oh, thank you so much. Of, uh, of, of pettiness and revenge, if I'm, if I'm really calling a spade a spade here. But the point is that I got my revenge. You did get your revenge. <laughs> and that's, that's always the point. the point. And everything that you said you were going to do, you did. So. And I absolutely did. That that's right, Jared. Uh, but going back to Mr. Gacy for just a moment. So, uh, you know, you have this tumultuous relationship with your father. He, he, he's constantly telling you your disappointment. But then you, you move back to Illinois. You 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 get a job at a shoe company. You're promoted to manager. You marry a woman. You have two children. You manage KFCs. You're named outstanding vice president of the Waterloo JCs. I'm just slinging money <laughs> everywhere. You're, I'm yeah. making it rain That's a hot everywhere. Praise. Everybody's saying about you that yeah yeah you're a little braggy. Yeah you you're you're a little braggy. <laughs> Yeah, that's something that people. That's say, what but... men fucking love to do. A, a man, oh, there's nothing more manly than talking about how much fucking money you have, mm -hmm. smoking a big stogie in front of your dad's fucking dumb fat face, uh -huh, oh, yeah. and blowing a big wad of smoke in his big moon face. Yes, his wide so, little face. So things are going very. Face. They're going very well for you at this point in your life. Um, and your father finally gives you his approval, according to the Wikipedia. He, he, he reaches out to you and he gives you an apology. He says, son, I was wrong about you looking at all these things you accomplished in your life. Is that is that true? Is that really what happened? Yeah, that's really what happened. Wow. And so, you know, obviously we know the history. We know what you did later on in your life. But but do you feel like your dad telling you that, like, gave you a little bit of satisfaction? Like, maybe. You know what you, I did when he told me that? What'd you do? I, you know what I did? I drove up in my car. He kept fucking taking away from me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said, oh, dad, that's very nice. And then I was like. Can I, can you, can you like just get on your knees for a second? Can you just get on your knees for just one second? Now open your mouth. Open your mouth. Just for a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, yeah, now. Just let me piss in your mouth. <laughs> just let me piss in your mouth just a little bit, Dad. Wow. Okay, so now take it. 
You're my toilet dad. Oh no, my God. you're my dad toilet. Oh my God. And yeah. So now I, I now I, then, then I had a dad toilet, and guess what? He fucking died. Oh my God. Wait. So your dad then let you make him into a toilet? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I made him my little dad toilet. Oh my God. That's uh, terrible. Different strokes for different folks. Different. Here. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Elvis Presley is a man that understands me. I use a golden toilet, and I use a golden toilet with my managers nearby, mm-hmm. John Wayne Casey tends to use his father's mouth. My dad. And that's his prerogative, Jerry. I just, I know, I don't think that's right. I don't think that you should do that. To to your father, especially when he's being contrite, when he when he's coming to you apologetically and saying, son, I was wrong. I was in the wrong. I think that the Christian thing to do is oh, to accept your father's uh, apology. You know what the Christian <laughs> thing to do is? What's the Christian thing to do, John Wayne Take Casey? advantage of a great situation. <laughs> I know exactly how to politically mend this to my favor. And that oh, is... To to tell your dot your father to get down on his knees. Yeah, that's just good PR, Jerry. <laughs> that's great PR. <laughs> to his mouth. That's just good PR. Is that and he can because then he can say anything he wants about me, and people will just say, "Well, what do you know? You're just a dad toilet. You're just a dad toilet, and nobody 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 believes the thing that a dad toilet says. Just a toilet. Dad. Uh, it's hard to hear him talk. Piss mouthful. Piss Jerry. So, so my question is, did you feel because you were such a valued member of the community, uh, Mr. Casey? Oh, yeah. You know, did you feel any? Still sense- am. <laughs> I doubt that very much. Did you feel any sense of fulfillment from that part of your life, the part of life where you were, you know, participating in community meetings and, uh, you know, meeting, uh, uh, you know, the the first lady, Jimmy Carter's wife, oh, Rosalind Carter? Huge honor. Love it. Yeah. Listen, I love being a part of the of the JC's mm-hmm, Masonic mm-hmm. Lodge that I was a part of. I loved fucking community organizing the fun run uh, with Bob and Joe and Chip and Dale and all of the boys down at the lodge. Okay. And then I loved showing those little porno movies I'd make (laughs) that I'd get from Sweden from my pal Geert. And Geert would just ship me all this, all these, uh, he'd give me movies that I'd show to my friends and I'd be like, look, People are free in Europe to do whatever they want. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, uh, that they, is... They kept saying to stop showing these movies. We got a lot of community planning to do. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, uh-huh. no. I understand. Well, that is, I mean, this incredible story. Um, and we obviously have a lot more to unpack here on Famous Dead People. we got to take a short break, though. Oh, okay. uh, so we'll be right back with Elvis and John Wayne Gacy on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBaronson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. 
Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century serial killer, the killer clown, John Wayne Gacy. Kiss my ass with broken glass. Oh, my God. And American singer and actor, one of the most famous performers to have ever lived, Elvis Presley. Thank you, Jared. Oh, yeah. It is my pleasure both of you uh, in the audience (laughs) today. Um, Now, uh, I have a question for Elvis now. Okay, Uh, make sure to shoot me straight, Jared. From the very beginning of your career, you had an impressive effect on your audience, specifically with uh, teenage women. Gross. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Gross. Wow. Now hold on. Now hold on just one second. John We're Wayne Gacy. Cross the line now hold, just here hold on John right Wayne here. Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Because you do not know the magic <laughs> of a teenage woman. Okay? Until you go to Nashville, Tennessee. Jared, have you ever been to Nashville, Tennessee? Uh, I uh, I can't remember. No, I've been to Memphis. I haven't been to Nashville. You've been to Memphis, Tennessee. I've been to Memphis. you yeah. got to get that ass to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. All no, right? you got to get that ass down there this week. I hear it's great. Right? You are unconvinced, though, John Wayne Gacy, right? No, I'm just gross. <laughs> no, thanks. What's what's more boring than hanging out with teenage girls? Yeah. Now, John Wayne Gacy, just, 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 just one second, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> now, you do not knock it till you try, all right? Jared doesn't knock it till he tries it. No, I, I mean. I, I don't knock it till I try it. I believe that there are I'm sitting certain... here. I'm sitting here listening to you talking about sucking little boys' dicks. <laughs> All right? And I sit here and I was a good boy. All right? I give those boys jobs. And I appreciate that. <laughs> because I know in this economy, it's hard to come by a job. Yeah. And a job's a, a job. consolation. And a job's a job. Really not. And who am I to tell, a, to tell an employer? How to run his business. Those guys, those kids get <laughs> the privilege <laughs> to dig a pit in my basement. That's absolutely true. But when Jared asked me, Elvis mm-hmm. Presley, the number one musician of all time, what do you think about teenage women? No, that, that wasn't going to be my, my question. When he asked that question to me, <laughs> I have to say that they're absolutely magical and they're absolutely special. No, well, my, and, they're, and they are my life force. Go ahead, Jared. What my question was going to be is okay, um, the that according to the Wikipedia, that oh, yeah. the... The energy that you had on stage and the effect that you had on the women in the oh, audience. Oh, yeah. It would. Oh, we are feeling it right now, Mr. Oh, President. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, because I'm, sometimes when people talk about me on stage, I sort, of, I sort of imagine myself on stage and I'm here and I'm, and I'm in gotcha, Birmingham, gotcha. Alabama, and I'm in Mississippi, and I'm in Scottsdale, New York. You just put yourself in that place. That's right. Yeah. And now I'm on stage and I have millions of leagues of people and they're chanting my name, Elvis. Mm-hmm. King, King. King, well, King. and my, I'm swinging my hips fast. Here's my question, Elvis. Ask a question, Jerry. So, according to the Wikipedia, uh-huh, uh, yeah. the boys in the audience would get angry Uh-oh. at how riled up you would make the women uh-huh, and yeah. how, I'm guessing, uninterested in them you would make them. You'd They're make a bunch the of cock blockers, Jared. And so they would try to beat you up after shows. Is that right? That's absolutely true. But think, but they weren't expecting me to be a black belt three times over. Here's the, I, I just, and, uh, I got, and I got the karate chops. <laughs> And I got the karate chops. Already all right? a karate man. And I know the ancient art of the blood fist. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever studied under uh, Weichi Ryu? I have not studied any any kind of martial arts. <laughs> you haven't <studied. laughs> no. Well, let me tell you about the blood fist, Jared. Okay. What you got to do is you got to take your little like you're holding a microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know the feeling. Yes. And you got to open up your fist and you got to point those little fingies. And if you're like me, you don't clip your you don't clip your fingernails for six months at a time. No, all I, right? I, I clip my fingernails way more often than that, Elvis Presley. You need to start slowing that down, Jer. <laughs> you need to you need to sharpen out those fingernails. Okay. All right. And so when do these cock blockers come after you after the show? You go. I'm on stage. I go. Thank you so much, Nashville. 
Oh, oh, it's been a blue morning without you. Perfect. Good night. Perfect, Elvis. Good night. Wouldn't and change a thing. And that's a taste. Do not change a thing. And that's a taste. And I, and I, will, and I will be invoicing you after the show <laughs> for that piece. So you're saying that you're so I'm finishing that, your show. So I'm finishing my show. I end with Blue Moon. And then I come off the stage. And, I've got, and I know to have my fingernails sharp ready for all these cockblockers. And what I do is I give them the blood fist which is just a craning over the shoulder dive, right? Right into Almost the, like a, right chicken, in, a chicken pecking. Like a chicken pecking. Gotcha. You ever been on the farm, Jared? Yes, yes, I have. So that you've seen the chicken peck. Mm-hmm. And much like the chicken peck, the chicken gets what it wants. And in my case, it is a jugular vein <laughs> of these cock blockers. All right? So, so what I just, do is I, show, plunge would... my, I plunge my fist into their neck. And I pull out whatever I can find. Oh my God! Okay. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I let now him, we're talking. I let him. I, I let him get a sentence out. And if that sentence is is, is any close to, uh, you know, hey, hey, Elvis, you piece of garbage, you piece of garbage, or you stole my wife, or you uh, need to pay me for the cocaine. I what I do is I sharpen my little fingernails and I plunge right in. Mm. And sometimes I'm pulling out spinal tap. Oh sometimes God. I'm pulling out <laughs> bone marrow. <laughs> sometimes I'm pulling out organs. Ah uh, yeah. All right. Wow. I hope I answered your question. No, definitely. Uh, 100%. That is... yeah, Mr. Bresley, have you ever thought about writing erotic fiction? That was... I think about it all the time. Real. <laughs> I was getting... That was real horny descriptive. Maybe you guys I think could... about it all the time, and I've talked to my man, J.D. Salinger. <laughs> all right? Yep. You, and, he, you... and he told me the same thing. He goes, King, we're in my, we're in my limo, all right? We're going to Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, to play a sold-out show at the amphitheater down you in Jacksonville, Florida. You and J.D. Salinger going to play a sold-out <laughs> show. Me and J.D. Salinger he in my loved, limo. He loved the limelight. He famously loved the limelight. He loved J.D. it. Salinger. He absolutely loved it. He leans over to me and he goes, King, you ever think about writing erotic, erotic, erotic literature? And I go, <laughs> I go, baby, open up that glove compartment right there, J.D. And he pulls out 85 pages that I've written called The King and the Hooters. Okay? <laughs> and it's a story about a young emo teen named Elvis who grows up to be the number one musician in the world. All right. sort, of, sort of a sort of an autobiography of sorts. I don't know. Uh, the inspiration just came to me, Jared. <laughs> and he dreams his entire life of squeezing the perfect pair of hooters. Mm-hmm. All right, but he's the hooters are always taken away from him everywhere he goes, and he has to prove himself. He goes to the. Can, town. can you just he, tell he, us the very end of the book? I know that we'll probably all want to read it. So, spoiler alert for anybody who wants to read. You uh, can pick it up at Barnes and Nobles today. Elvis <laughs> and the Hooters. But what's the very end of the book? The very end of the book is. Yeah. He finds himself playing a sold-out show in the Jacksonville Amphitheater. (laughs) And the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life walks on stage. And she goes, Elvis, I'm so sorry. You were right the entire time. And she shows them cans, Jared, okay? Mm -hmm. And everybody gets on their hands and knees. All right? And they go, and they sing, Blue morning without you. Perfect. And I haven't gotten to the very ending yet, Jared. (laughs) But I promise you, as soon as I get those pages done to my publisher, you'll be the first one to know. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to hear that. Let's go back to uh, uh, Mr. Gacy for just a moment. Okay, great. Uh, so, Mr. Gacy, beneath the cozy surface of your family life, you're doing drugs, you're sleeping with prostitutes, yeah. you're uh-huh. getting your underage male employees drunk in your basement. Oh, I'm living the life of a fat fucking sack. And I read that several of the teenagers, this goes back to my earlier question about the naivete of some of these teenagers. I read that several teenagers were tricked by you into believing that you were commissioned 
with carrying out homosexual experiments in the interest of scientific research. Yeah, and that it was, was real your, great. That was your justification for why you were having gay sex with these boys. Oh, yeah, it was real great. I would lure these kids in. It was like, hey, kids, guess what? I read this book at the library <laughs> talking about what makes people gay. You want to come kiss me in my car for a few seconds to see what it feels like? And then they would, and they'd be like, gee, mister, what, what is it? what's the results? And I'd guess, and they'd be like, guess what? Guess what, buckaroo? And then I just get a claw hammer and bash him in the head. Oh, my God. And then just bash him in the head, but then I'd still kiss him. And I'd still kiss him. And this time I say, no, I'm going to keep your knees just for me. Oh, my God. Just for me. Wait, so so you're saying that you would... Stupid kids. You would convince these kids that you were... Uh, some sort of scientific researcher. Yeah, I would put on a big stethoscope and a big and a big uh, and I had a a big light on my head that I just mm-hmm. shine in their eyes and I, and then I and just for extra measure I'd carry an FBI badge in my lab coat and I'd say, Hey, I'm Doctor Police. Get in the car. <laughs> Get in the car right now. Get in the car right now and kiss me to see if I am gay. And then they would say, Whoa, I've never heard of this. Act- I've never heard of this scientific study. He's like, Really? You ever read the New the New England Journal of Medicine? Because I get a f- subscription of it, and I read it every morning, fuck face. So why don't you come into my car and do what I say? And that would work, and that would work. They, they, they would get teenagers. Into- well, then I'd also, then I'd also pull out a big fucking bag of weed, <laughs> and they would love that. I got to say, Mr. Gacy, that it seems like you're kind of fishing with dynamite here. Like you're doing... Uh-huh everything to get these kids back to your place. You're you're not just a doctor. You're not just a policeman. You're a doctor policeman. Doctor policeman. You're doctor policeman. You're also saying, and I'm also been commissioned to give you a gay test. <laughs> And also, here's a big bag of weed that we can smoke together. Listen, I know ex- I know all. I have a bag of tricks. Sure, I admit it. <laughs> I definitely admit I have a bag of tricks that I like to pull out sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's if that's my biggest crime. No, it then is not. Call me guilty. It is. You got to throw me fingers. away the key. It is not your. You biggest You got to have crime. your fingers in a bunch of pies, Jared. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Thank you. And you got to keep your bases you. covered. Not only am I a musician, I'm also a karate master. Yes, and I'm yeah. a horse rider, mm-hmm. and I'm a painter. And an right. actor. And I'm and a gun shooter. Yeah. And I'm a and I'm a lyricist. And, and a, I can speak French. And you do a bunch of drugs. You do a ton of And cocaine. I do a bunch of drugs. Yeah. All right. And I'm also a deity. So going back to Mr. Gazy for just a moment. So you start your own construction company called PDM Decorating. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what PDM st- stands for, by the way? I was looking for that on the Wikipedia. Yeah. PDM stands for puckering, <laughs> drunk, m- molesty boys. <laughs> Sorry, molesty boys. Yeah, that's what I'd call. That's what I'd call the kids that had that twinkle in their eye because they wanted to get molested. Oh boy, I can understand that. So you start this business. PDM. They wanted to get diddled and twiddled. <laughs> you start this business, and you start diddled getting... and twiddled. Jerk. Absolutely, <laughs> diddled and twiddled. You start. Uh, you start using some of the boys that work for this company to lure them. That's where you start getting your victims from. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, we're good yeah. boys. Good were, boys. Were you not uh, concerned that this was going to leave a trail back to you specifically? No, we <laughs> fucking believe them. Bunch of stoned out, red eyed hippie. That's the kind of boys I like to hang around with. Wispy mustache hairs, long, scraggly, mm-hmm. down to their shoulders, hippie gotcha. hair. So when they go missing, the police are like, Ugh, nothing. 
that we don't care. We do, look at like America, right? God, Everybody's I, on right. my side. Every everything's better now that these kids are gone. Right. Yeah, you, know, you want to get the boys with the hoodies with the holes for the thumbs. <laughs> Everybody knows those are the kids making trouble, not good, hard working, honest American men like me. Oh, you really shouldn't include yourself in that list of people, John Wayne Gacy. Good, hard working <laughs> American Republican men like me. Hard working. Actually, I was fascinated to discover that you tried to run for office as a Democrat a bunch of times. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. yeah that'll, that'll show him. <laughs> yeah, that would have shown him. What do you mean that would have shown him? Reaching across the aisles here. <laughs> all, those, all those red state fucks would have seen me. It's called a bipartisan agreement <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. They would have been begging for me to come back to them. The great unifier. Oh, John yeah. Casey. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. they called me. Jesus. That's called being an independent jerk. <laughs> especially, when, especially when those kids were handcuffed, they would say, You're the great unifier, Mr. Oh, Casey. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having so much fun. Jesus. So, wait. so, so let me get this straight, Jared. <laughs> okay, go when ahead. Harry, when Harry Reid changes his political opinions, <laughs> yes. you have no problem. But when John Wayne Casey does it, all of a sudden he's a monster. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, Elvis, that's not the reason the why John The logic doesn't track you. Oh, that's not the reason why John oh, Wayne Gacy's a monster. He's a monster, oh, but that's not the reason why. Let's uh, let's go back to Elvis for just I'm a sorry, moment. Sorry, I got here. caught on stage. No, again. I understand. Uh, if you're just joining us on Famous Dead People, uh, uh, I am sitting here in the studio today with uh, 20th century singer and actor Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. And uh, notorious uh, American serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Hot. To trot. <laughs> so let me ask you, Elvis. Oh, um, yeah, in 1953, you're performing oh, yeah. in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin, baby. And of course, you're doing your classic, uh, you know, gyrating and dancing up on stage. That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I read that a local Catholic diocese, oh, yeah. after seeing your show, sent a letter to the FBI That's warning right. that you were, quote, a definite danger to the security of the United States. Do you have any uh-huh. idea what that was in reference to? Like why he would write that letter about you? Uh-huh. Well, I absolutely have a, I, I have a very good reason why he wrote that letter because I, I, I went on stage and I was singing, uh, darling, don't get out of my bed. And I, as soon as I was singing, darling, don't you get out of my bed. Everyone stands on their feet, gives me a big round of applause. Mm-hmm. And I take the microphone and I go, I'm a threat to America. You said- and I get, and I get on, and I get off stage. So I totally understand why 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 they would say that. Okay, so now my next. So question I totally is... understand why they say that. But guess what, Jeremy? <laughs> okay. Elvis ended up on top. All right, because if you because you might have found this in your research about my about my life. Mm-hmm. They took that they took that paper that, that 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 lady sent, and they tore it up. All right, and they threw it right in the garbage can. And then the president of the United States he called me up. He goes he goes King, I need you to come down to D.C. We have an we have an award for you. Wait, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah, so go, is, yeah, is this a separate trip than the one where you met Nixon? Is is this, this is the same trip? It's the same trip. It's the same trip. Okay, so this happened years later. Then this, this happened is, years later, but it happened yeah. at the same time. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Wrinkle in Time? I have seen the movie. Wrinkle you have in seen time. the movie Wrinkle in Time with yeah. Oprah and Mindy Kaling. Yeah, yeah, it's All it's right? a wonderful, it's, it's a, a magical, beautiful film, film. <laughs> and it explains how I was able to meet Nixon in both okay. 1956 mm-hmm. and 1972. Yes. All right. So that's why I explained. So that means I don't have to go through the logic, Jerry. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, I understand. Fantastic. So the, the White House, they got that letter, and they tore it up. They threw it in the garbage can. And all of a sudden, the president of the United States in both in the 50s and the 70s, Dick Nixon, calls me up on the telephone. And he goes, he goes, King, we need you to come to D.C. Because we got a new uh, job we want to give you. We want to give you the, the admiral of guns, firearms, and eating pussy and doing, <laughs> and doing, doing cocaine. And so I go, Dick, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. And I hopped in my, I hopped in my plane. I went to D.C. And Dick Nixon 
gives me the medal of freedom. And he gives me the medal of, and he makes me the secretary of firearms, guns, eating pussy, and doing cocaine. <laughs> and I use and I use my powers for good. I, I to... promise you, I use my powers for good. And it would not have been possible mm -hmm. if that lady had not sent that letter to the FBI. I gotta ask you though. Uh -huh, um, yeah. So according to the Wikipedia, Nixon gave you a different title. Uh -huh, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe he gave you both. What maybe does, he gave you what both. What does the internet say, Jerry? The internet says that he gave you um, a badge for the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. Okay, and that's so, only, I should say that's not that's part of the story. Okay, gotcha. Because he came in. That's a smoke screen, Jared. You ever you ever hear of a smoke screen? Yes. You know, you know when you go to Midtown Throw and you see those stores for fake jewelry, and you go, how do, how the hell do these people pay their rent? Mm -hmm. Well, that's because it's a front, Jared. Okay, gotcha. It's gotcha. an absolute front. You could even for say, drugs and eating pussy and doing cocaine. <laughs> so, but John Wayne Gacy had a smoke screen also. Like his whole life was a yeah. was a smoke screen. Smoke screen was the strain of weed I would carry around. <laughs> it was literal smoke, Jared. It was a bag of that. Grade A sativa smoke screen. <laughs> saying, it's a body high, Jared. Yeah, I don't think it was it's a, a body high. I don't think it was a literal can... <laughs> screen oh, yeah. of smoke, though. Yeah. He's talking about high. a literal smoke screen. I'm talking about a lie. You can smoke it, but you can still get work done. That's absolutely right. It's not a head high, Jared. Uh, it's it doesn't not send you to space. It just makes you feel relaxed, Jared. Yeah. So you're saying, Elvis, that Nixon gave you this badge for the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. Say the words. Uh, but what he actually was doing was making you the... He was uh, making the secretary of he's making narcotics farms, eating pussy and doing and cocaine. Doing cocaine. <laughs> Which means I have the power to walk into anybody's house and <laughs> shoot a gun, do drugs, snort cocaine, or eat pussy, okay? Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, what do you think about that, Jerry? I think that... Don't worry, because I use the powers for good. I made, I made I made America safer with my powers. Did you? I did, yes. That's right. Okay, I'd love to hear an example of that, but I, I do have one follow-up question for this. Okay, fantastic. So, so this this uh, this this archdiocese they wrote this letter to uh, to the FBI, uh -huh, yeah, warning uh -huh. that you were a definite danger to the security of the United States. Uh -huh. And we've just discovered that the reason why they wrote that letter is because you, on stage at the end of your show, announced, "I am a definite danger to the security of the United States." That is that's what you said. That's absolutely true. Okay, so now my question is, why? Did you get up on stage and say, mm -hmm. I am a definite danger to the security of the United States to all those people? Okay, well, that was a fun joke that I had with it. And I and, and, and I had been doing because I thought, you know, I'd take improv classes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And I, and I was trying to do a runner. You ever hear of a runner? Uh, no, no. What's a runner? I take, I take improv and sketch classes. Okay. okay. And so a runner is a bit that you do in between the sketches. You know, little things that develop gotcha, over the whole gotcha. show. Yeah. All right. And so that's what you do. People come in, maybe an audience plant, something like that. So throughout the show. I would sing songs like, Darlin', You Can't Leave My Room. Or I would sing songs like, A Big Bronco Ride. <laughs> and, I, and, and after each thing, I started out small. And I said, because my, my first one, I came out, I said, Viva Las Vegas. And I'd take the microphone and I'd go, you're all in danger. And then I'd sing, <laughs> and then I'd sing another song. And I go, you're a hound dog, you're a hound dog, and I take the microphone and I go, seriously, you're all in danger. You need to leave now. And by the end of the show, that's why they got, I'm a threat to America. Send letters to the FBI right now and try to stop me. And I thought it was going to be a big hit. All right, but it backfired. But it actually didn't backfire <laughs> because I became the secretary because you came the of secretary. narcotics, firearms, eating pussy, and doing cocaine. <laughs> By my good friend, Dick Nixon. Yeah, but, you know, I think that it's important to try things like that. You know, you have to kind of, like, expand your boundaries artistically if oh, you, yeah, oh, you want to oh, be if you want to be a successful artist. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go back over to uh, John Wayne Gacy for just a moment. So <clears throat> um, uh, I was asking you about the way that you got your victim. Yeah. 
um, and how you would have all these young boys that you would hire through your company PDM, mm-hmm. and you would invite them over, and then you would you would murder them. No one would ever see them again. Yeah. And you were saying that that was because that you know like they were long haired hippies with frizzy hair. Nobody nobody would miss them. Um, but you also would hire people to dig the graves under your house that you would put these boys into. Yeah, I called those boys the skeleton crew. The skeleton crew. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. And I'd call. They first of all, they'd call me, and they'd and I'd be like, "Hello, pucker and drunk molesties. How may I help you, sir?" And mm-hmm. they'd say, "John, John, John. I don't know what to do. I can't sleep at night." Shit, I was like, shut up, shut up. You know to call me on the private phone. You know to call me on the private phone. And then I'd go home and I'd pick up the phone there. And then I'd and then I'd take a a box of Vienna sausages out of the fridge. It's <laughs> a beautiful and sausage. I, and I'd pra- and I'd take them all out of the little can and I'd practice kissing the tips of them. God. And I would just make sure I would and I'd give them each names. And I was like, you're Jake. <laughs> and you're Freddie, and you're Caleb, and then I'd say, "Okay, boys, dig up some holes." And uh, and then they would. Wait, what was your question? <laughs> I was gonna ask you. Need to repeat the question, Jared. I was gonna ask you again if you weren't if you weren't concerned that this was gonna be suspicious that you were basically what? hiring people to dig graves under your house. Suspicious of what? Everyone likes me. Everybody. If they don't love me, they at least are fine with me. You were a pillar of the community, but I gotta say, going over your 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 story here, it really seems like you didn't care if you would get caught or not. Like, um, there was a boy, a 19-year-old student named Robert Donnelly, mm. who you raped, who you tortured, and who you who told, you said, I'm going to kill you to this kid, mm-hmm. and then you let him go. Bye! <laughs> Bye, you gotta Felicia. keep them on. You gotta keep them on their toes. Bye, Jared. Felicia. That's bye, what I'd bye, say. Felicia, Jared. What do you mean, bye, Felicia? It's hey, Jared. I don't know if you you're not from Chicago like me. No, I'm it's not. It's real from... funny to tell a boy that you've been torturing for a couple of days that you're gonna kill him and then just let him out in front, of, let him off in the road, and then just then he's allowed to go. Then you just go. Then he's just gone. But then you went to the police. Weren't you at all concerned he's gonna go to the police? No, that fucking kid can't take a joke. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm blown away by the fact that you got away with this for so long because that boy oh. goes to the police and you say, "Yes, I did like tie him up and have sex with him, but it was consensual," and they believe you. The police. Police, hey, listen. The police and me were uh, we were like this. You guys were tight. He, for you guys, me, you got you, you listeners is here. <laughs> good radio. At listener land, <laughs> I can't see my fat little fingers crossing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he was crossing his fingers. He was saying he's really tight with the police. Yeah, that blows my mind. The the number of mistakes that you made trying to get caught. It, it seems like that was your that was your intention. Was like you were trying to get caught. Does that do? You, I believe in living life out in the open. I believe in not looking back. I believe in no regrets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe in The Secret, which is a book I think everyone should read. You believe, John Wayne Gacy, you believe in The Secret. Absolutely. You manifest everything you wish to see in this world. That's the power, the power of positive thinking, Jarrett. The power of positive <laughs> thinking, Jarrett. All right. Keep let an me, optimistic let me, let me, view let, of life. Yeah. Let me let me show you a magic trick. Can I put my I hand know, on your knee? No, please, God. No, <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to see this, You definitely not go anywhere near me. You showed me, me yeah, this look, in the bowels of Radio Free Brooklyn. You and, I, you and I don't know each other, correct? Well, I know you a little bit, and I and I know that I don't want any part of this magic trick here. Um, oh, wow. Well, I just want to make sure that, he, that you guys don't know each other, because, <laughs> yeah. because I want to make sure that yeah. this magic trick is it's done a, right. All these tricks are better if you don't know me. 
I uh, unfortunately I think we only have time for one more question here on Famous okay, Dead well, People. Uh, oh, yeah, so oh. I'll uh, I'll toss this over to you, Elvis. So in, uh, okay, in 1958, you're drafted for military service. Oh uh-huh, yeah. And uh, and you serve two years, and during that time, you meet uh, the woman that would eventually be your wife, uh-huh, uh, yeah. Priscilla. The beautiful Priscilla. Priscilla. So you would eventually marry, but she was only 14 years old at the time that you met Ouch. her, mm-hmm. and and you were 23. Uh oh. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that first meeting? You're you're in the army. Sure, and uh, she was in middle school. Basic training, yes. That's yes. right. And here I am training to serve my country. Yes. All right. Uncle Sam. And also you're Amber Elvis Wh- Presley, like one of the most famous people to have ever lived. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, so it was hard to take orders from my from my generals and my officers. Mm-hmm. All right, because there was such a long line for autographs and so many interview opportunities. Luckily, I knew karate. And so they would drop me into the <laughs> war zone. Almost sometimes by myself. All right, no gun, no grenades, no nothing. Well, you're saying just that you, left and right. You actually did tours. Like I, I didn't. I read did. The- I did many tours of war. Oh my god! I was in Nazi Germany. <laughs> I was in. I was <laughs> in the in, Viet Cong. In 1958, you were. I in was Nazi in Germany? Iraq. They oh said they're always sending me into war, Jared. Wow. Because I'm the most capable and I'm the most fiercest American warrior you've ever seen in your life. Do you do you watch American Ninja Warrior? I do watch American they Ninja Warrior. They got nothing on me, Jared. All right, because they dropped me in. To the war zone. Mm-hmm. I stormed the beaches of Normandy. All right. And I single-handedly won World War II for the United States. Wow. That's right. Because of my blood fist. I'm sorry. So you were saying how you met Priscilla. Right. Anyway, so then <laughs> Priscilla was 14 years old. Okay. And I caught her in doing a piano recital. All right. At her middle school. And it was such a beautiful piano recital. I nearly cried. And I've only cried three times in my life, Jared. Ooh, let's hear all three times that Elvis cried. I cried when I was a little baby. Okay. That's one. That's one time you cried. I cried when I heard Priscilla playing that beautiful piano music. Mm-hmm. And I cried about three weeks ago when I said, I'm on nuts. <laughs> this story okay. would be more interesting if Priscilla's name was Paul. If uh, if it was a boy. It was a now boy. just wait a second, John Wayne Gacy. Now just wait a second, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> now I'm hearing, I'm hearing about you talking about doing the smoke screen and mm-hmm. bringing little boys into your car. I respectfully, respectfully, John Wayne Gacy, because I appreciate a lot, a lot that you do. And you're and you're a job creator. You're an American. Job, job, thank you. I'm a job creator. And you're an American job creator. Yes, which is, I am. Which is, which is hard to come by. But I don't. But think, I cannot. But I cannot have anybody talking about my sweet Priscilla like that. I don't think the ends justify the means. If we're talking about the advantages of having John Wayne Gacy in your community, you know, uh, starting a business and hiring young boys, I don't think that that's a net positive when you consider the other things that he did. I'd rather I'd rather have the jobs here than China, Jared. <laughs> I because have, if they're not here, then they're going to Mexico. And if they're not here, then they're going to China. Okay? I've written a lot of letters to the University of Champlain, Illinois, for a bunch of kids. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, like, like reference from recommend- letters? Yes, some reference <laughs> letters. Bunch of kids went to the University of Champlain on my recommendation. Mm-hmm. That's an illustrious Ivy League university. <laughs> I don't think chair. it is an Ivy League university. It almost Elvis. was. So she, so Priscilla is is playing the piano very beautifully. It's making you cry. It's making me cry. Obviously, everybody knows that you're there because you're Elvis. You That's know, right. like you're the biggest person in the world. That's absolutely true. Okay. It was such a rare find because usually when you go to any sort of auditorium, the crowd is facing the stage. All right. Mm-hmm. In this case, everybody was turned around facing me, okay. watching this girl cry while playing piano. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so after the show, I go. She 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 plays Claire de Lune. Right, and she's done playing Claire de Lune, mm-hmm. and I'm sure everybody knows that song, and it's a beautiful it's goddamn a beautiful song. song. Yeah. It's a beautiful goddamn mm-hmm. song, and it was the first time I'd ever heard it, and I haven't heard it since. <laughs> and so immediately after she's done playing the Claire de Lune, I'll tell everyone sit down, stop looking at me, and I walk up on stage, 
and I take her hand and I give her a kiss and I say, will you, will you be my woman? And she goes, yes, I guess so. <laughs> that's my impression of her voice. That's a very, it's, as and far that's as I know. that's the closest you'll ever get to that, to that, to that, to hearing that. Okay. As far as I know, that was a spot on Priscilla impression. That's right. And then I immediately swept her up off her feet and we got into my plane, which was parked in the parking lot. And we hightailed it to Graceland. Wow. That's right. That's an incredible story. Where we consummated the marriage. <laughs> I'm glad. That only, we... only to then be dropped into the Viet Cong. Wow. And then you went back out and you fought more after That's you right. married Priscilla. For my country. Wow. Because I'm a countryman like my man John Wayne Casey. Now, you really don't want to be associated with John Wayne Casey in that way. You should not be putting yourself on the same level there. Yeah, I had sex in Vietnam, too, <laughs> with a can of Van Camp beans. We should probably wrap it up. Uh, can of Van Camp beans. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Oh, yeah. uh, I'd like to thank my guest, John Wayne Casey and Elvis Presley, for joining me in the studio today. Uh-huh, yeah. um, I always end with this question. Um, if either of you have any uh, Twitter accounts that you like or comedy shows that you think people should go check out... Uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy, anything you want to tell people about? Ooh, there's this there's this cute redhead named Chris Gethard that hosts the Chris Gethard Show every Tuesday night on True TV at 11 o'clock. I like kissing his knees in my <laughs> imagination. And uh, then there's this kid named Bluffband who's got a big hairy chest that I like to run my fingers through. His hashtag oh, is yeah. at Bluffband. Okay. B-L-U-V-B-A-N-D! Check that out. Do that hashtag. Oh, and yeah, uh, Jared, yeah. Elvis, anything you want to tell people about? Yes, of course I want. Yes, of course I want to tell you about this one guy, this one cat in New York City. Jared, he's doing a show at the Duplex in New York City, and it's called Riverdale Live, and it's April thirtieth, and it's at nine thirty p.m. Now, if any of you people out there like the show Riverdale, which is a sexy teen version of Archie, <laughs> which is which is what I think everybody in this in in this country likes, and I know that I like because we're talking about fifteen year olds. We're talking about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds. Looking like they're 25 and doing shit that 35-year-olds do, okay? Yeah. Really hard, really hard stuff. And so we're looking at the duplex. We're looking at April 30th. We're looking at 9.30 p.m. And this guy, this cat, John Trowbridge, I've never seen anybody like him. He's going to, him and his friend Sophie Santos are going to get on stage. They're going to do a sexy cabaret solo sketch show of the Riverdale. So all your favorite characters, we're talking Archie, we're talking Betty, we're talking Veronica, and we're talking Archie's dad. On stage. You should definitely go check out that show. And, of course, Google John Trowbridge. And you should Google John Trowbridge. Uh, check out my website, jaredbarnstein.com, my improv team's university, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Uh, rate and view the podcast and buy my book, The Killing Conway Technique. It is out now and it is hilarious. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofearbrooklyn.org. We'll try to have on your favorite dead person as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Fear Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. My favorite genre of book is young adult boy dicks. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to read. Okay, we're going to get started.